0: All right, so the passages is Ephesians 1, verses 1 to 14. Paul, an apostle of Christ by the will of God, to the saints who are in Ephesus and are faithful in Christ Jesus, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world That we should be holy and blameless before him in love he predestined us for adoption to himself as sons through jesus christ according to the purpose of his will to the praise of his glorious grace with which he has blessed us in the beloved in him we have redemption through his blood the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of his grace which he lavished upon us in all wisdom and insight making known to us the mystery of his will according to his person the gospel of your salvation and believed in him were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it to the praise of his glory.
1: Great, thanks. Thanks very much, David. And the, the question that we are considering this lunchtime is what do you say to a discouraged Christian? Um, As you guys know, this time is a pretty difficult time for many, and perhaps you know a couple of friends who are discouraged. So, what should you say to them? Uh, Perhaps you might say, you know, don't work too hard, pace yourself, or make sure you take your daily exercise. Your mental well being is really important. And all those things are good, uh, but is there more that we should say? Or perhaps. You are that discouraged Christian. Uh, Maybe you had a hard week and you've been feeling pretty flat as a Christian. Maybe you were really stressed at work or stressed without work. Or maybe you you were really stressed by just being around your family members over the past week. So what is the right kind of tonic that you need uh, to be encouraged? Perhaps you might say, um, I need more me time, or do something that rewards myself. You see, all those things are not bad advice, um, but is there more that can be said? You see, last week we explored the Ephesian situation, and I suggested that the Ephesian church was a church that was feeling discouraged, and they were losing heart. Well, it wasn't because there was an explicit false teaching in the church. I mean, sure, there would have been the usual false teaching and persecution from their pagan past or Jews and Judaism that was just round the corner. Uh, but that's not the explicit issue I would suggest in Ephesians. Um, and I suggested last week that the explicit issue is Paul's chains, uh, his imprisonment. See, the thing is we tend to downplay The significance of that, because we are used to the idea of Paul being in prison. But if you think about it, Paul, the one who met Jesus face to face, the one who did miracles, the one who preached to them, who argued against the false teachers, who was their spiritual father, Paul was in a dirty, damp, dingy Roman cell. And so Christianity looked weak and looked pretty flat. So what do you say to a discouraged Ephesian church? And that's in our key verse for today, which is verse 3. So look down to your Bibles at verse 3. Blessed be God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. Well, the main point for our talk today is that every Blessing is yours if you're a Christian. Every blessing, every available blessing, all blessings are yours in Jesus. the The passage that we have today, from verse three to fourteen, is one long sentence in the Greek, and it tends to be quite confusing. And it's probably too much to cover um, over twenty minutes. Uh, but let me try to break down the the passage for us. Um, so, I want to suggest that there is a headline verse in verse 3. And following that, we have a movement from past, present, and future. Verse 4 to 6, 7 to 10, and verse 11 to 14. If you look down to verse 3, the headline verse starts with Blessed or praised be God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who have blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. And so the question is, in what way do Christians have every spiritual blessing? And that's where we come to point one. And if you're following your handout uh, out, point one is we are blessed as the chosen ones. Look at verse four even when he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him. In love he predestined us for adoption as sons through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of his will, to the praise of his glorious grace, with which he blessed us in the beloved. Verse 4-6 to is often used as a proof text for the doctrine of predestination, and personally I have used it before. And while that's true, um, I think God does choose his people. I want to suggest that's not the point that Paul is making here. See, when Paul tells the Ephesian church that they are chosen, it's not in contrast to them having free will, but they are chosen in contrast to an alternative group of people. Do so you remember Paul is writing to first century readers? He's not writing to 21st century Western educated readers. And Paul's point is that God has chosen Christians and not nation Israel as his chosen people. See, we are blessed as the chosen ones. I think the rest of the verses make the points. Christians, we fulfill two big images of Israel in the Old Testament. I've been reading a book. I think you can see this. Uh, it says the title is God's unfaithful wife, and one big image of Israel in the Old Testament is God's wife or God's bride. Um, another big image of Israel in the Old Testament is one of God's sons, and you see that in the Exodus. And um, in the handout you can see two references there for you. In Hosea chapter two and chapter eleven, both shows two pictures of God being God, uh, Israel being God's bride, and God's sons. And I want to suggest that in verse 4 to 6, Paul is saying that Christians fulfilled two, both of those images. In verse 5, I think it's quite clear, uh, he predestined us for adoption as sons through Jesus Christ. See, Christians, we were predestined to be the true sons and daughters of God and not Israel. I think we get a picture of Christians being chosen as the bride in verse 4. So look at verse 4. Even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him. The language of holy and blameless before him, um, him could refer to God, uh, which is, I think, very possible. But I think what is more likely, him probably refers to Jesus. um, Holy and blameless before Jesus. And the reason why I think so is the only other time in the book uh, where this language of holy and blameless comes up is in chapter 5, verse 27, in a very famous passage of the marriage between Christ and the church. And you see in verse 27 that the church might be holy and blameless before Christ. And so I want to suggest that what Paul is saying here is that Christians not and not nation israel were chosen to be his bride so in what way do christians have all blessings well firstly they are blessed as the chosen ones a chosen bride not israel chosen sons not nation israel and if you think about it it's it's a really striking thought see before any of us were conceived in our mother's womb, before the founding of this nation, before God spoke to Abraham in the desert, or before he walked in the garden with Adam, before a single atom ever existed in this world, he chose us, and he chose you to be his people, his bride, and his children. See, don't you see how blessed you are Uh, But that's not all. Uh, Paul goes on in verse 7. Point 2 on your handout, we are blessed as redeemed ones. And we see as well, we get another contrast to Israel. A couple of weeks ago, we looked at Acts chapter 12, and we saw that the Exodus was the defining feature of the people of God. Israel was redeemed out of Egypt by the blood of the Passover lamb. Uh, Look at verse 7. In him, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses, according to the riches of his grace, which he lavished upon us in all wisdom and insight. The Christians are the ones who have been truly redeemed through the blood shed on the cross. Jesus, he dies the death that we deserve, and he is our substitute. Uh, he enables our sins to be forgiven. And notice the manner in which it was done in verse 7. According to the riches of his grace, which he lavished upon us in all wisdom and insight. Uh, the, la- the language of lavish of is, is one of abundance, one that's overflowing. I mean, imagine and picture in your mind a uh, hundred-foot waterfall of water pouring down, filling the small bucket. That's the way God's grace was lavished upon us. And it makes sense because the blood that was spilled wasn't blood from a lamb but from his eternal precious son. You see Christians, we are blessed as the redeemed ones. Uh, But there's more. Look at verse 9 making known to us the mystery of his will, according to his purpose, which he set forth in Christ, as a plan for the fullness of time, to unite all things in him, things in heaven and things on earth. A common reading of verse 10, as a plan for the fullness of time, um, is that the fullness of time refers to a future occurrence, a day that happens in the future. And that could very well be the case. But let me suggest an alternative, and that the fullness of time there refers not to a day in the future, but refers to the cross. Um, I think there are two reasons why I think so. Firstly, verse 9 and 10, they flow on from verse 7 and 8. And verse 7, we see Christians being redeemed through his blood on the cross. I think verse 9 and 10 continues that logic. And the other reason why I think um, that refers to the cross is because the only other time the phrase fullness of time is used in the New Testament refers to the cross. And that's in Galatians chapter 4. Let me just put it on the screen and let me read for you. But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of woman, born under the law, to redeem those who are under the law, so that we might receive adoption as sons. You see, there in Galatians, um, the fullness of time was when Christ came. And I think there uh, it refers specifically to the cross. I mean, personally, I'm convinced that fullness of time refers to the cross, uh, but you can make up your mind on that. I suppose the natural question that flows from that is, in what way has the cross united all things, things of heaven? things on earth. And I think the rest of the letter does spell that out a bit more. Um, And we might see that over the next few weeks. And if the letter is right, this really has profound implications. See, the thing is, we all like to be let in on secret. And so if you understand that Jesus Christ is Lord, and if you understand That he died for your sins on the cross. If you understand that simple message, uh, you were made aware of the greatest mystery that was hidden for ages, the one that was obscured to the Jews for generations and generations. Uh, You have insight into the most intricate plan, the most complex and profound plan in human history uh, the cross, the high point of God's plan. So don't you see, uh, don't you see how blessed you are? We are blessed as God's chosen ones. We are blessed as his redeemed ones. And we have been made aware of the greatest mystery of all time. Uh, but, but there's more. A point three, we are blessed with a future inheritance. A look at verse 11. Uh, You might have noticed that there's a logical link in point one to point three. See, we were chosen to be his sons, and being his sons, that qualifies us for the inheritance. But the question is, what is the inheritance? Uh, Is it eternal life? Uh, Is it heaven? Well, kind of. Uh, Well, then the word inheritance—it's a concept that comes out from the Old Testament, and specifically, it refers to land uh, the promised land but this inheritance that paul is speaking about is not land in the middle east it is land in the new creation now, who obtains this land verse 11 in him we have obtained an inheritance verse 13 in him you also i suggest that we in verse 11 that refers to the jews uh, you see that in verse 12, so that we who were the first to hope in Christ, uh, the Jews were the first to hope in the Messiah. And we there probably first to Paul, his fellow apostles, and all the Jewish people who were hoping and put their trust in Jesus, the Messiah. But not only the Jews, uh, you Gentiles, uh, the Gentiles who form the Ephesian church, um, all who put their hope in Christ will receive. Inheritance. How can we be sure? Verse 13 In him you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believe in him, were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it to the praise of his glory. On the 29th of May 2015, I I took a coach on a five and a half hour long journey from Singapore up to Kuala Lumpur in Malaysia. And it was a really anxious journey for me. Um, I spent the night in my uncle's place. And in the morning, I took a cab to a hotel in the middle of the city. Uh, When I reached the hotel, I spoke to uh, one of the hotel staff who led me into someone's room uh, when she wasn't around. I waited there for a couple of hours. And when she eventually came back into the room, I surprised her, I gave a short speech, I, I knelt down on one knee, I presented a ring from my back pocket and I asked her to marry me. See, that ring guaranteed a future outcome. So eight months later, on the 5th of March, 2016, uh, we got married. Now You might want to ask later, why did hotel staff let me into someone's room? But save that for the question time. But the point is that, I made a promise that guaranteed a future outcome. And likewise in Ezekiel, uh, God made a promise that guaranteed a future outcome. Uh, You might want to chase up the reference in Ezekiel 36, God promised his Holy Spirit. And as a result, that guaranteed an outcome, uh, the inheritance, new land. And you see that in Ezekiel chapters 45, to forty eight look at verse thirteen again, in him, you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation and believed in him were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it to the praise of his glory. You see, Christians, we are blessed with an inheritance. It's not with a five-story house in Kensington. It's not with 10 bedroom mansion in the countryside with 100 acres of land with a stunning view, but we are blessed with land, land in the new creation. You have the title deeds to land in the new creation. The views will be infinitely better. The land will be far larger. We have land, title deeds to the new creation. See, don't you see how blessed you are? So what do you say to a discouraged Christian? Or what do you need to hear if you are that discouraged Christian? Paul would say, you are blessed. And every blessing promised in the Old Testament is yours. Past, present and future, every blessing is yours. On the the 5th of March, 2016, I was standing in front of that same lady that I surprised in that hotel room. And this time around, I didn't have an engagement ring, but I had my wedding ring. And as I put that ring on her finger, uh, I said to her, all that I am, I give to you. All that I have, I share with you. What did I have? Uh, I had some savings in my bank account, not very much, but some. I had my bicycle, uh, perhaps too tall for, probably too big for, for Matilda, uh, but, but that's, all, that's all I had. See, I, I don't have sovereign control over the cosmos. I don't have the ability to forgive sins. I don't have an intricate plan culminating at the cross. I don't have the ability to recreate a new world. I don't have the ability to mark out the boundaries in the new creation. And God says that all that I have, I share with you. All blessings, every blessing is yours. But how did it all happen? How did all these blessings come to pass? I'll key verse again, verse 3. Blessed be God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ. In him, in Christ, in whom. In Christ happens 11 times in 14 verses. In Jesus, every blessing is yours. You see, when you heard the words that Jesus Christ is Lord, uh, when you heard those words that he died for you on the cross, and you repented and you believed in those words, At that very moment, every blessing was yours. God's people, being made God's people, the title deeds of the new creation were handed to you. Every blessing was yours at that very moment. See, such a simple message, but yet so profound. And perhaps we, we start to get a glimpse of why Paul, in person, uh, in prison, he can still write to the Ephesian church and say, don't lose heart. Uh, perhaps you are feeling flat over the past few weeks. Uh, you're discouraged because of what's happening. and Perhaps you were stressed because of work or because, not because of work. Or perhaps you're just going a bit stir-crazy of looking at the four walls around you. Uh, Paul would say, don't lose heart because every blessing is yours. And I suppose there's only one right response as we reflect on the blessings that we have in Jesus. And that's from our key verse, blessed or praise be God, the Father of our Lord, Jesus Christ. I thought we will do something different as we close today. Um, why don't I give us, anyone, uh, a chance to just pray and to give thanks. God, uh, just praising him for all the blessings we have in Jesus and I'll close after a couple of us. I pray
2: Dear Lord, thank you um, thank you so much for everything you've done for us and we just really praise you um, for everything we have in Christ um, thank you so much for lavishing your grace upon us and sending Jesus to die for us so that in him we're blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. And thank you so much as well, Lord, that um, we have redemption through the blood of Christ. And then because of what he suffered, our sins can be forgiven. I just really pray, Lord, that um, at this time when many of us are struggling with the effects of coronavirus and lockdown, that we would be encouraged and, we, and help us to remind ourselves and each other of the amazing truth um, that because we're in Christ, we have all the blessings and we just pray for those that don't yet know you, Lord, that they too can one day come to know that as well in your son's name. Amen.
0: Amen.
1: Heavenly father, we, we do thank and praise you that um, you've lavished these blessings upon us. Um, we, we do not live as you want us to all of the time. We um, we all make mistakes, um, but in your amazing grace and mercy, um, you've sent your son to die for us and to wash away our sins, uh, and you lavish all these blessings upon us, even though we don't deserve them. Um, thank you for this great message, and I just pray that that would be a great uh, encouragement to us, all of us, whatever situation we may
0: find ourselves in, however. High or low we may feel, you um, encourage us with these blessings and um, give us a vision um, of life to come with you in heaven. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Lord, we thank you that you have um, chosen us, um, that you have chosen those who um, are joined to Christ, who are trusting Christ, um, so we thank you so much that we are we're chosen, we're included um, in your covenant promises. Um, amen. Amen. Lord, we thank you
1: for um, all of our material blessings as well, and and we're sorry that we we so often fail to stop and to recognise you as the giver of all gifts. Thank you um, that. Compared to most in the world, Lord, we are um, so materially wealthy, rich. Thank you that we equally have the technology to just meet together like this. Um, And um, most importantly, Lord, that that we have access to to your Bible. Um,
0: So we just praise you and thank you for for that wonderful gift and, and pray that we don't take it for granted. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.
1: Blessed be God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. Our Father, all praise and glory be unto you and belong to you. We praise you for your abundant grace towards us undeserving rebels. We praise you for your generosity in blessing us with every blessing that we don't deserve. Most of all, Father, we praise you for the Lord Jesus, that in him we obtain all your blessings. Help us, Father, in this time not to lose heart. Help us to truly know what we have in him. Please, will you give us understanding, comprehension, and will you help us to grasp all that we have in Jesus? In his name we pray. Amen.